there, rugby fans. It's the final weekend of this year's Six Nations. Super Saturday, the most exciting weekend of the year. In this episode, we review France, we preview Italy, we look a little bit at the club scene, and we promise to keep it short and sharp, but we can't. We just love to chat rugby. Unfortunately, Joe Davis didn't accept our invitation to come on and clear up the under 11 and 12 situation. That's all still going on on Twitter. But for now, sit back, tune in, because all eyes are on Super Saturday. Hiya, Lori. Should we be quiet? Because you look very sleepy. Hiya, Gemma. No, because I've basically put myself in the attic to get away from everything. <laughs> what you can't hear, listeners, is our wrestling is Laurie's uh, quilt and pillow that she snuggled herself up into. <laughs> because Sorry, I, oh, come on. <laughs> how many hours sleep are you functioning on now? Yeah, I'm going to go with zero, and that's not being dramatic. But Georgie seems to think I'm having a full 12 hours next to her. So there's ructions. <laughs> so how's mommy's life treating you? Go good? Oh, yeah, great. I can carry my shopping in those bags. Oh, my. From <laughs> the room, man. I was like, what bags? <laughs> so, yeah, missed that one. See, I'm so tired. I'm not even picking up on jokes anymore. Uh, an emotional mess. I don't know if yeah. you can do this without falling asleep. Well, we'll try our best. Okay. At least we've got a guest speaker to um, make it a little bit more colourful tonight, didn't I? Going to bring the energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, it is going to be short and sharpened tonight. And we do have a guest, which is great. We've been meaning to get Carol James on for such a long time. But obviously with her commitments and, you know, we only have one night to record. It's a bit hard to make everybody come on our timetable. But we finally got her in tonight. Um, but before we join by our guests, let's uh, revisit the club scene. Lowe's, let's send you off for the jingle. Let's go. Jingle, 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 jingle. bit of a difference with the club news this week uh we have been sent a message um from newcastle emlyn they are keen to set up a new women's side and are on the hunt for new coaches so if anyone does have any interest in heading up a women's rugby team in newcastle emlyn please have a look on our socials and if you contact Kiki mains she will have all the information you need mm. so for somebody who lives uh further east it just explain to me where Newcastle Emlyn is. West. <laughs> Our West geography. Oh, don't. It was awful. Dropped that at the first opportunity I could in school. But yeah, Newcastle Emlyn is, well, yeah, West. <laughs> you were West to me, though. Anything oh, yeah. past Swansea is West to me. It's worse. It's they all speak in vowels and they create sentences like "ay we we are we are," you know. There are no vowels in the Welsh language, though, is it? Yeah, but you know, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's how they speak, you know. 
Okay, that helps me zero with geography. Maybe we should take this out as well. I might have offended all of our Newcastle Emily listeners. But yeah. I'm sure it was done with affection. They're a great bunch. Yeah. So they're setting up they a new women. Is they there... love a punch. Of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the further west you go, the more they love their alcohol, their beers. Yeah, definitely. So... But they won't pay for it, see? <laughs> oh, you're losing friends as we go through this one. <laughs> Okay, so that's good. We hope that's set up. Is there another women's team around there, though? Not that I know of, you know. I mean, um, you've got, like, the likes of... I don't want to, like, put my foot in it now because I actually don't know my geography very well, but where's mm. Whitland in comparison? West. <laughs> yeah, West. <laughs> but, yeah, if you come, like, Hinehi way, then I'll be able to help you out, but... It's the other way, is it? Yeah. <laughs> west of Chinegi. I thought we had geography sorted because, like, you're west, I'm east. So there's nothing, like, going to trip us up. But you're not west enough. Ooh. Do you know who would be good to tell us? Who? Carol. Carol who? James. Well, it just so happens. <laughs> yeah. Park that one, then we'll ask her when she comes on later. Um, there were some fixtures on the weekend, though. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't really get out to see many games or hear many ga- about the games this weekend. But I have been following vividly as much as I can on Twitter. Um, and I saw some um, tasty results. So I saw that uh, Haverford West got some success against Tumble. I think it was, that was a bit of a hefty score. And actually, it was like 40 points to five or something like that. 55-5 in the end, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's an interesting one because Hufford West, as we heard earlier on um, one of the episodes, that they were on the brink of collapsing and folding. Mm. Uh, so they've um, dug in deep. They've some, rallied, uh, right? And that's on the road. Yeah. They've gone out and they've beat Tumble on the road um, with this kind of rebuilding their squad. Yeah, definitely on oh, Tumble. We're top of the table, so I don't know where they sit now, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, they've done well. And a little shout out. So they've all obviously got um, some famous people to look up to because Lisa Neumann's sister plays for Harvard West. So I wonder whether she's been giving them some extra tips. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Speaking of Lisa Neumann, I've seen her down at the Pony Clean game on the weekend. She was oh, down yeah. there. Um, a bunch of the Welsh girls are down there actually supporting, watching, chilling in the sun. Um, well, nice. With Ponaclean beat Cobra 77 nil. So obviously, Cobra did have to do a bit of a travel, but 77 nil. It was very much as the score would suggest a one sided game. Ponaclean, I don't think Ponaclean had fired in a while. They started the season really, really strong, didn't they, last year? Um, yeah. Kind of stuttered a bit, but. Looked really sharp on the weekend. And 77-0 would, would kind of suggest that, wouldn't it? But uh, Yeah, it's a bit of a hammering, but I'm sure the Cobra girls thoroughly enjoyed, especially if they had the slow bus back. <laughs> yeah. And now we're still allowed a slow bus. Love a slow bus back. <laughs> um, they're playing in the Principality on the weekend in the North Wales Cup. They're up against Carnarvon, and Carnarvon played uh, Landaff, and they were also... Uh, kept with a zero. So Landaff North beat Carnarvon 33-0. And Landaff North had to travel. 
that they were up on the fast bus? I think your standard Sunday league game is going to be completely different to a principality final game. Uh, you know, you get girls out from the what you got. Where do witches go? The wicked witches, where they go like through the wardrobes to Narnia. And, uh, you get players coming from all sorts of angles. I don't know. You were mixing. Final. You were mixing so many genres, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you calling now? Um, You're so aggressive tonight. You're calling Carnarvon witches now. No, never. <laughs> it was a typo, like Scrum Queen. Did you see that one? <laughs> the English scum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Typo. But, um, no, you know what it's like. Come cup final day, everybody wants to um, experience it. So I'm yeah. sure it'll be completely different. And there's, Nothing like cup rugby, is it? I love cup rugby and a cup final at the stadium. Boys bar. I know. Well, like I'm glad like it is building the hype that it deserves, but I just want it to be a, a norm for these girls that playing in the principality doesn't have to like come around once a year or whatever. Mm. But they will have plenty of opportunity to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Okay, so. We'll come back to the Principality because the, the road to the Principality has been going on this week and it's been um, a big day for the girls today. So we'll come back to that. Before we move on from uh, Club Rugby, hugely impressed, love because the first time in the whole season, almost every single fixture bar one was played. But so, like you've got to think about how many girls are actually playing, isn't it? The numbers has Huge. got to be increasing week on week. And I do generally believe it's because of the the senior rugby in the Six Nations has its own window. And they've, you know, that interest then is is continued throughout the year and it's only going to keep building because it's a World Cup year. Yeah. Do you think that, like, we watched it on telly Friday night, well, those who didn't go or did watch it at the stadium, watched the game on Friday night and I thought, I'm putting my boots on Sunday. I would imagine a lot of players would because yeah. both both teams, France and Wales, have a second half mentality, whereas Wales can turn it around and turn up, whereas France tend to go to sleep in the second half. So it, it, if you're a Welsh supporter, you'd be coming away from that second half pretty pleased. Pumped. Pumped. Okay. However, we yeah. have seen some of the French changing rooms and they had like a seven course buffet going on didn't they yeah yeah I know you messaged us going what's going on delivered on platters I, know. I don't know what was there's it there's no wonder you... they were a bit tired taking it <laughs> they were all like still chewing their chicken wings <laughs> you were like I want to know what's in those bowls what's those dips for there <laughs> oh funny none of that in our day though I know, you were lucky to have a granola bar. <laughs> and that was after the match, the vending machine. <laughs> okay, so like we mentioned, we're just going to bring our guest in, but before we do, Road to Principality Week, which is huge. I love this week because it's all over social and every single uh, age group um, gets their opportunity to play at the stadium if they make it that far. And, and what, a, what an opportunity for these girls. So it's been school's day today. So uh, shout out for the three fixtures. So under 14s, it was Escobro TV, 34. 
Bryn Hyfryd 19. And then in the under 18s, Vase final, Vase final, Vase. Uh, <laughs> with Seagar beat Priscelli 47 19. And in the big showdown of the colleges, it was Colleague Gwent 46, Clandavry College 22, which mm. is all those girls today, those were playing at the Principality Stadium. I know, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Mm. Yes. But um, for senior rugby, all eyes is on Sunday. The South Wales Cup final, Landaf Bonamine, is at half past five. But before that, you've got Carnarvon and Cobra at one o'clock on Sunday. So this is following Super Saturday. So what a weekend for women's rugby. Hangover. <laughs> Will you be here? You'll be sleeping. Well, lucky Monday. It's a bank holiday, isn't it? It is. It is. So uh, you're up at the Arms Park Saturday? All going well, yeah. Yeah. And will you have a passport then for the Sunday as well? Mm, I don't know. Is that a bit much to ask? (laughs) I know. Hey, it's your relationship, not mine. Um, (laughs) I know the Welsh girls are going out uh, Saturday night and Sunday. They will be heading to the stadium to support the, the women's matches. So it's a full weekend for those girls as well to get out and, you know, enjoy the last bit of this, the rugby for them. Yeah, let loose a bit. Let loose, yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be quite a tasty encounter with the uh, Bonamine final. The Bonamine girls have been all over socials. And you know, I, I like the confidence. I think it's going to be a very good game. Good. All right. So um, it's all about the Six Nations then. We just touched on it and we brought in a very special guest, uh, somebody that we hope will be a co-host in the future. Uh, we brought in Carol James. Hello, Carol. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for finally getting your butt on you. <laughs> you know what? I've loved listening to this post- podcast the whole time and um, I don't want to come on and spoil it. <laughs> is that what it is? You don't want to damage your reputation. It's like having another Philippa. I, I don't know how many agents we've had to go through to uh, get you on this podcast finally. <laughs> I wish. I'd love to have someone um, organise uh, and do all that fiddly bits for me, like um, Miss Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Cass, so we brought you on especially to talk about the Six Nations. So we're going to, um, well, see you as the specialist we want your thoughts on the France game uh Laurie watched it at home you watched it through commentating I watched it from the dance so it'd be really interesting to see our three takes on it yeah so let's start with you Lowe's you watched it at home what did it feel like um I thought I was going to come away with it with the same um aggression as I felt after the England game but they did turn around a little bit second half but I think it was more so to do with how poor France were um I, I think Wales left loads of opportunities out there but it is nice that they're still like living off this second half performance that they can turn games around and you know when you are when you see that you've got Italy left, I think that's going to be 
massively important because it probably will be a dogfight based on the Wales v Italy fixtures we've had before now. Um, and Italy are coming away from having their contracts announced. So they're probably still going to be living off a high on that. So mm. I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, I absolutely love watching France play. So I was probably paying more attention to them. San Sous is another level. Can you imagine a country being so fortunate to have mm. the best scrum half in the world in Anton Dupont and then Sanzus or however you pronounce it says hold my beer I'll show you what the best scrum half in the world is <laughs> so thanks for us answering the question um, I think you got it <laughs> <laughs> listen the best part the best part to come away from Friday's game is Taril's analysis of front row and what they could be doing uh, in a scrum. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. I don't actually remember making any comments on the front row, but maybe I did. Oh, I do. Oh, Kerry Sale. I thought you and Kerry Sale were going to have like a little debrief after the, the way you were telling her what to do. But you know <laughs> what, Lois? I listened to your podcast last week, so I learned a lot from that. There we go. Oh, was it, the, was it the one before last week where it was just all about scrums and I just went yes. and put the kettle on, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we tweaked. So give us your uh, perception of the game then, Car. You obviously do a lot more analysis than we do. Uh, we watch it as fans. You watch it as an analyst. So we're really keen to see what, what you thought of the France game. Yeah, um, like Laurie said, you know, second half, Wales turned up and it's a shame that we can't start like that. We did actually um, start very well against England and I was mm -hmm. hoping that they would carry that through to the French game. But I think as, as soon as little things go wrong um, with Wales, like things don't go the, the way they planned, they don't seem to be able to pull it back or rectify things. Um, I don't know whether that comes from we need more leaders on the pitch, you know, to bring the girls together when things are not going to plan. Um, However, you know, first the first thing that hit me when the girls ran out was the size of the French team. You know, when they lined up for the anthems, it was just, well, it just hit me. The French girls were huge. Yeah. You know, they were so tall. And those second rows, like number five, I think, Fal. Oh, my goodness. She was just outstanding, wasn't she? Like such an athlete. Um, it's just hard to stop, isn't it? A team that I've got, well, from one to, to 23, really. They're just powerhouses. Yeah. And um, Laurie, you know, talked about Sansus there, but she's playing a, a behind an amazing eight. You know, that yeah. pack just gives them her so much time um, she can do what she wants and she is incredible. She is, I've never watched actually a player that can have such an influence on a game as she can. You know, as mm. a single player, she went off the pitch and fans didn't score once and didn't look like they were going to score. Mm. Um, so she's massive for them. So I hope she stays, um, you know, injury free for the World Cup. Otherwise, I'm not sure what France have got. Yeah, but then they got um, Bourdain, I mean, who's, who's injured, she cut her hand. And like another world class nine. As yeah. a backup. Incredible. <laughs> you know, and um, Safin and Dai wasn't even playing. 
and you've got that um, Druan, you know, a fly half. Mm. She wasn't in the 23. You know, they've got world-class players that weren't even um, at um, Cardiff Farms Park on the weekend. And that's quite scary, uh, the depth that they've got in that French team. Mm. You mentioned Fal. Um, everyone was just starstruck by Fal around by me. So where she made that break, we were stood on the 22, where she made that break, it was incredible. I think everyone around me just fell in love with her at that point. But um, even Menage, like you wouldn't think it's look at her, but Menage is almost my height, but an incredible athlete. Like so much more, like the shape and the power in her legs. And she's probably one of the smallest looking uh, of the pack, isn't it? I just, yeah. yeah. Just so dynamic, isn't she? Like her, mm. her work rate and her just the movement in open play. And she can play like a back, you know, the skills that she's got. She's got soft hands. She makes right decisions. She can, you know, um, offload up the tackle. Yeah, she's just got it all. She's such such a, a really intelligent rugby player and amazing to have as your eight. Mm. Yeah. So if we look, if we compare Wales and France. So the difference for me was the platform the packs gave. Um, we, we didn't really put France under pressure up front. So we were constantly playing on the back foot. We made it really hard for ourselves and, to, and we connected. it. All things we've mentioned before, nothing new. I think we were very much of the mindset, this is how this game was going to go. But what was the, other than that, no, I'm asking the question wrong now. How, how do we get better at that? We've seen it against England where we can't beat them up front. We've seen it against France. Um, Laurie, maybe this was one for you. <laughs> Unless Carlo yeah. wants the pack again in more detail well actually i was it's more of a discussion actually but we saw the set piece it just wasn't functioning and free kicks and penalties galore once you get the referee against you in that mentality as well it's going to be a steep like a hill to climb to get it back on side or just even you know put that doubt in her mind again of where, where is this one swaying and this is why like like, I did disagree with a couple of the decisions the referee made in scrum time, but no. the simplest point of it was Keris Hale's feet were far too... What, what, she was too far back. She needed to come closer into the scrum to get that competition between her and her opposite number. But that's why I can't see that there was no um, messages coming on from the side. If, if it happens once or twice, then fair enough, but this was going into third, fourth, fifth time now where... You've lost the referee and you can't get your grip on the scrum. And it's all just because of your position. Mm. And uh, then I, think, I think you could, it did get sorted in the second half. I know it was different in personnel, but you could see Kelsey bossing it up and telling her props what to do. Yeah, and, and Catherine Edwards, you know, was saying in commentary that she doesn't know what they can do as a quick fix tonight, like um, to get one back on, on the Welsh, on the French scrum. Um, she said how difficult, like you were saying, how difficult it is now to change the perception of the ref of what she's seeing now that the scrum is getting absolutely demolished. And um, yeah, she was just saying they, they, do, they were just too strong and too powerful. But like you said, like little things like that, isn't it? Like maybe is is Keris Hayes much much taller than the other two, and would that have an effect? Not to the degree that it that I had on Friday night. It, it would yeah. make a difference. So you would take that step back, even if you had yeah. to do like a slight split stance, just to help you. But 
there's no need. I don't see the height being that much of an issue. Look at Treacle. Um, she was coming up against the biggest, strongest packs and she could manipulate them just because she knew how to scrum cleverer. So it doesn't, yeah, but no one, doesn't no one could get as low as Trico. Well, no, there's a point. You don't, in face. Be, you don't have to be the biggest and the strongest and the heaviest if you know if I, you know, manipulate her this way or that way or if I loosen my bind or tighten my bind, whichever way. That's why these players now have got the time in camp to spend, you know, have the analysis on their on their pack and things. So they would have worked out what kind of scrum technique they were going in with. It's just whether how much time they're actually going against it in the live scrum before kickoff. How how do you get the ball then to get back to the number eight quicker if the scrum's not going forward? That's another thing I can't. I'd, if you, if you know your scrum's under pressure, why are we keeping the ball in tight in the scrum? Why are we trying to control it at the base of the scrum? If I was eight or nine, I'd want to whip that ball away as fast as I can and let's create something in the back line because we haven't actually seen our back line create all that much. Mm. And everyone's asking them, let's see some attack. Good point. So go on, sorry. So we predicted that, um, well, we had an inkling, didn't we, that Robbie was going to play 12. And that's what happened. And we assumed it was going to be a kicking game. This is why we need a back on this podcast, because we assumed wrong. Actually, the reason Robin um, turns out was playing 12 was to get that pass um, out wider and hit France in the wider channels. Um, I think, speaking to Robin after the game, it only happened twice. And again, I think that comes back to the pack and we're not getting the go forward. You can't play that expansive rugby if your pack is going backwards. Um, so let me ask you two a question then. If if against Italy, we don't match the pack, what's, what's going to happen? What, what's going to have to be our go-to game plan? You're gonna you're gonna be under pressure against Italy anyway. They do have a a, a scrum a, a strong scrum again, but what they've also got is an absolute Jack Russell in Sarah Baratin or Baratin, and she's just gonna be constant pressure either in your ear or grabbing your wrists or putting that doubt in your mind. So we're gonna have to counter attack that as well. So if I was scrum, I do believe we'll be able to hold the scrum better. I think it'll be a steady platform. It's just whether how we play off it. So I would like to see them target angles. So if you're doing an eight, nine, fifteen or creating something from a base of a scrum, you've manipulated it somewhat so you can target at least one side and gain that advantage numerically, you know? Mm. We haven't, um, obviously it's too early to get the team sheet out, Car, but do you expect any changes? Do you spend, expect a similar game plan? It's really hard uh, to predict how your one's going to go, isn't mm. it? Because um, that bench that's been coming off they have been brilliant, mm. you know, and to even have an impact like that against a team that's third in the world, that's huge to have a bench that's able to have an effect like that against a team of that quality. So is he going to stay with them, you know, um, because they're doing such a good job at that role? Um, however, like in my opinion, Sean Ned has to start. Mm. Um, with that performance, you know, it's so a 30 minutes, I think she got on the field, maybe a little bit more. You know, if she's doing that for 30 minutes, what can she do for 60 minutes? 
Mm. You know, she was, she, I thought she was just um, outstanding in defence and in attack. She's so dynamic. She's a brilliant ball carrier, puts us on the front foot. She can get the ball away as well in contact with her offloading skills. You know, and that try she scored, I cannot see anyone else being able to place that ball over the line. She, you know, she was pulled to the ground on her back, but her awareness to know that she was within reach and mm. to twist and place that ball over the line, I don't know who else would have been able to do that. And she still had time to place it, right? She knew the, you know, the, the speed she hit the floor, she still had time to place it. It's incredibly powerful and intelligent play. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. It takes somebody with a rugby brain to be able to score that try. Mm. Yeah. And for me, you talk about the bench. Am I right in thinking we played four games and we've only been winning for 15 minutes of those games? So it was 10 minutes against Ireland, wasn't it? We pulled away. And then the last five minutes against... Scotland and then the other two games against France and England we, we've lost so we've played four matches and we've been winning for roughly about 15 minutes um, in those 15 minutes it's after those bench changes were made so I don't know yeah. it tells me that the, there's a story there the difference is they haven't been starting well so whereas when he did against England unfortunately that injury stalled any momentum but if they start well against Italy that is when you'll really get to see the quality of your bench because the bench have been coming on to, to prove a point almost. I've got to turn this game around because we need a result. If you're already winning, that's how you, you want to see where they can take the next level, the second half then, because they're building off what they've already been able to do in the first half, you know? But isn't it easier to hold out the lead than to try and chase it? I I don't know. This is Welsh rugby. Uh, we've, <laughs> all, we've always been chasing, and I think it's just in their mentality at times. This is why I want to see a squad be able to start well and finish well. Mm. Why does it always have to be a game of two halves? And that's that's what we're looking for, isn't it? It's an mid- eighty-minute performance, but no team is going to be able to perform for eighty minutes. But at the moment, we we're performing for about twenty. To 25 minutes um, mm. every game. Um, but you know, what is pleasing to see is you know, when Caris Phillips goes off and Kelsey Jones comes on, you get really excited, don't mm. you? Because she has really come out of her skin in this campaign. She's been nailing those darts into the line. You know, that the, the last try that, that the Welsh pack scored, that line out was amazing, isn't it? Mm. Right to the back of the line pinpoint accuracy there was a lot of pressure on her and she's also been scoring tries and some of the hits she's been putting it putting in you know since she's a contracted player isn't she oh i can't remember now i think she's on a retainer and you can just see the difference in her fitness levels and she she looks so much more powerful now and strong as well um, over the past few months. So, you know, that's really benefited and made a difference mm. for her. Yeah. yeah and I can she, sorry, I just want to find out healthy. She's just been quietly improving in the background whereas she came in quite fresh because let's not forget, she was in the backs with seven sisters. Then mm. she creeped up to back row. And then that when she cemented her position as hookers, when she went to Gloucester. So... She's had time there to learn her trade and whatever. And having, you know, play of Caris Phillips's quality to learn off, 
Mm. And as well, Kelsey was your starting number two for a season, just over a season when Karis wasn't involved. So um, I know she's had a couple of injuries to contend with, but she's come back and she is looking at a quality player now, like you say. Mm. There's no dip in form, is there, when you bring your subs on? No. No. And you, you mentioned the the confidence, Carol, like, you know, when, you, when you're playing in a pack and... You, you kind of make the calls based on how confident your hooker is. You don't throw a back ball if your, your, your hooker's not there mentally. So for her to throw that <laughs> bit of side eye off Laurie struggling a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, it, you know, that breeds confidence again then and, it, and there was a try off the back of it. So I reckon she'd be flying a bang up for, for Italy if she gets the shout. Kelsey turned the game around because the lineup wasn't working, was it? Uh, in the first half, mm. a couple of dodgy, uh, not straight goals. I think some were f- more 50 50 than definite not straight, but you know, she did manage to turn it around and got the ref back on side. Mm. Okay, so we haven't seen or heard any kind of rumors from the team. Um, so we have absolutely no idea, Carol. I don't know if you've heard anything of what to expect when the team gets announced hopefully tomorrow. Um, but what do you two want to see from Wales against Italy? Is it ring the changes? Is it more of the same? Is it try and play that wide game? Is it bring somebody brand new on to 10? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, um, you know, we mentioned that the 10 gem, like we all want to see Sakey George, you know, everyone is talking about her, Um, but he won't start her. Definitely not. I can't, you know, I think, um, I think it might be Robin actually. Yeah. I'd love to see Flakey um, make an appearance, but I don't think we will. We'll probably have to wait for maybe... I think they're going on tour to Canada to prepare for the World Cup. That's right, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mentioned it. I mentioned it in Jess. I don't think, you know, I'm not, not calling anybody out, but I just want to see what Flakey can do. We've seen what she yeah. can do at club. I want to see what she can do at international level. No disrespect to the others, but we know exactly what Robin and, and Snowy can do. So bank that. We know what they can do. Let's try Flakey. Yeah, but this is a must-win game as well, isn't it? It is. You know, so um, if she does appear, it'll be off the bench, I reckon. Um, yeah. You know, speaking to Johan, they are really working hard with Flakey because he thinks her skills are outstanding and she's got so much potential, but her fitness isn't there yet. You know, to play an international fixture, one of the, you know, the standard is, isn't it, that you're fit enough to play in that role, you know, and if Italy start kicking and, and Flakey has to drop to field in the back, you know, then her fitness might get exposed. Mm. Um, so they are working really hard with us, really exciting to see, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Hey, that's good to know. That's good to know. As long I mean, as it's an option coming forward, isn't it? It's uh, ludicrous, isn't it, to think that this is a must-win game and you wouldn't play someone that can kick points and put us in a territorial uh, uh, position with advantage to you, isn't it? It's mad that they wouldn't choose those players. Crazy. But <laughs> Anyway, I do want to mention, though, Heike was one I was going to mention, but another one we haven't seen feature yet is Caitlin Lewis, who was very prominent in the autumns. And even though she was very raw and you could tell she was very new, that she just had... What's that? What's auch in English, Karel? <laughs> Why are you asking me in English? 
<laughs> edge or... yeah yeah I get she just had that edge and I thought like if she could just be nurtured a little bit more within that environment and have you know consistent game time she could be you know a very decent winger but she hasn't had the opportunity yet so it's um, been a, I think he will it's been a very consistent uh back three isn't it mm-hmm. are we expecting changes there I'd like to see a change there um you know all three have played well and they've had their um, time now, haven't they, to show us what they can do. I would like to see Caitlin come on the wing there, maybe in, um, in place of maybe Lisa Neumann. Um, you know, she she's played well. I thought she had a few tackles in the last game. Her defence wasn't quite as good as what it has been. Um, you know, and if you want to be a ruthless coach, then you have to try give someone else a go. And I'm hoping that, you know, Johan isn't scared enough to sort of make make those changes. Mm. What do you want to see up front then against Italy, Lowe's? Well, we've got to match it or go beyond. There's no reason why you should let Italy take over. In terms of personnel, what do you want to see? Um, he's going to stick with the same front row, I'd imagine. Even though I think probably Italy is more suited to Donna Rose's um, capability, but we'll see because she again she's an impact player off the bench. So who, what do you go with? Do you mm. start someone like that? Do you save it? Has Donna Rose got a 60, 70 minute game in her? I think so. She just needs to be coached for a 60, 70 minute game, like. Okay. As if you're constantly going to be coming off the bench, you're going to target 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes. You're never going to condition yourself to think, I need to go above and beyond. I need to change my training a little bit to be able to cope mm. with 60 plus. Yeah. Second row, guys, thinking probably more the same. I would love, love to see Shuan in the second row. If you need both players on the pitch at the same time, Shonid goes to eight, Shuan goes to the second row. I don't think you can put Shuan in as flanker because there are far better flankers than Shuan mm. available. So we still, I, we still I, need Shuan for a leadership. At this point, we've got such a fresh squad. Um but I, I can't see a place for her in that back row against, you know, where you've got Butchers, Harris, Harry's and Alex Callender. For me, that's an outstanding back row. What do you think, Kat? Beth Lewis went well as well, didn't she? Like in defence, she's a very safe, solid player. But again, no spark in attack. Mm. Um, I would, I'd agree uh, with Lori. Yeah, I'd start with Anne Lewis because she's uh, a bit more of a conservative player, whereas you know what you're going to get with Alex. She's going to push the boundaries a little bit more, maybe overstep the line. She's going to maybe back a little bit as well. So do you save that kind of player then for the last 20, 30 minutes where you need that little bit more of an energy spark uh, to the team? And I think with Bethan, you're going to get your basics right, but nothing special. Not special, yeah. that's the wrong word. <laughs> that is the wrong word. <laughs> mm. I thought, you know, that um, Beth Lewis fully deserved her start there against France because she yeah. has been coming on um, onto the field and, you know, not putting a foot wrong, really. You know, in the position she's playing, she's not giving any penalties away. 
is she? But maybe she is, like you said, Laurie, very conservative. And um, so that's why, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We start like we did, um, was it against England with Sean at eight and then Suwan and Gwen in the second row? Yeah. Well, she once started six in that six. game. Yeah. Ah, right, right. I'd, I'd push Suwan up as well to second row and yeah. then keep, um, yeah, Beth is at Butchers and, and Harry's at the back row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So luckily we got two, you know, awesome nines. Who gets the nod, nod against Italy, do you think? I'm thinking... Kira Bevan, um, again, for, well, I don't know. She she actually put a few loose kicks in. One of them resulted in a, a try with a French fullback. Um, that was quite a poor decision. And then Fionn sliced one as well, didn't she? Went up on the full. I think it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a close one. It is like, a very I close one. I've seen Fionn Lewis come off the bench. You know, she's a really exciting player, isn't she? I don't know whether Kira would have that effect coming off the bench like Fionn does. Hmm. Um, what do you think, Lars? Um, I think, yeah, he's gonna. I think he'll keep it the same, Kira and Fionn. But I want to actually speak about that little kick you mentioned there that Kira did. I thought it was the right decision to kick. I didn't see us creating anything and making five, ten metres off a touch find wasn't going to be good enough. The only the the only thing that was wrong with that kick is the chase was poor and the defence behind it was worse. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the chase was poor. Like, it was so yeah. disjointed. You know, there was dog legs everywhere. And when you got a back three like France have, they're just going to weave their way through like they did. Yeah. But, you know, there was no distance on the kick, wasn't it? You, you've got to try and kick it behind. You've got to turn your back three. Well, you know, make no, them work, feel that ball and work for it. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, but only in the sense of, I think she was putting a kick up to compete, but there was no competition in the air. Um, and when she actually kicked it, I was like, come on it, let's go for it. You know, it, it, like it sparked me as a fan. I could see something happening here. It's just a shame that the rest of the team didn't. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing at the moment, isn't it? Like, you know, phases where we're playing really bad and connected and look like they've been together training four times a week like you would in a professional environment. And then something like that happens, which is was quite poor. And that's that's we've got a lot to improve on, haven't we? You know, and that's definitely one thing that I'm sure they'll be working on this week against Italy is that kick and that kick chase has to be far better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The other reason I think Kira might start is because she is the preferred goal kicker at the moment as well, isn't she? Mm-hmm. So whether I think you'll have more opportunity to go for posts against Italy. So if you make sure that you can get three points every time you visit that area, if Kira is who they're putting their confidence in at the moment, then start her. Mm. Absolutely, because that's what um, Italy are going to do to us, isn't it? Like any opportunity they're going to get in the 22, they're going to go for post because Hilary is kicking really, really well. Yeah. Um, and that's how you, it's important against a team like Italy to keep that scoreboard ticking on mm. um, and make sure that, you know, we don't um, let them. Yeah. So let's look at it. 
I want to talk about the centres, but before we do that, talk about this kicking game because for Johan, he could finish third, and I didn't even know when the last time he finished third was. I asked Google earlier, and he couldn't give me an answer. So I know it's not that far back, but it haven't happened in a good few years. So for him, he's got to be thinking that every time there's three on offer. You know, for him on his coaching CV and in terms of, you know, what's happening after the World Cup, for him to say he's finished third, that's a massive tap on the back from the WRU. That's a job done. That would have been probably above expectations. So absolutely, anything that we can take three, take three. So on that note, girls, you're probably right. It's going to be Kira, isn't it? Okay, so centres, Laurie, very, um, Carol, very quickly. Uh, Kerrin Lake came on. Um, we started with Wilkins last week. Does that change this week? Yeah, so picking um, Robin at our centre just outside Snowy, I think will work better against Italy, like a side like Italy, because they will manage to get that ball out quicker to our wingers, which is what we want. Um, we did manage to do it against an aggressive attack and um, defence like France did. However, because that, that tactic didn't work, I don't think Johan should choose it again. Um, he experimented with it. It didn't really work. Um, so I, I, I really loved see. I love watching Karen play. I know mm. she hasn't done much in attack, but she, her straight line running, like she just straightens everything up, doesn't she? And makes like that extra three or four meters. Um, without Karen, we do tend to drift a little bit, and everything seems to go a bit lateral. And so I do like her. And her partnership with Hannah Jones outside is like second to none in defense. Um, so I would go back with Karen at the center with Hannah and just try and get the wingers into the game more, you know, try and get Keely into the, into that, um, attacking line, like running off the 12 shoulder, running off the 13's shoulder, you know, coming in cause she's got such a turn of pace and she does run good angles like off shoulders. So I'd like to see her just coming into the to the attacking line more often than you know just being at the end delivering that final pass out to the winger something a little bit more um, mm. creative. For me, watching Karen bring the impetus from behind when she came on against France because if you're going to lose the momentum up front and the game line up front, then somebody from behind needs to deliver and needs to you know to to bring that impetus and and she definitely did. My worry is if if we kept it the same against Italy and then we start to lose it up front against Italy, we've got nobody to add that um that, that injection into the game line, straighten it up, like you mentioned, get over the game line. And she's not just carry strong, she's intelligent with it. She'll hit fringes and she'll she'll get that extra like half a meter and she'll place the ball very well. It's the little things that makes the ball go quicker when she's carried it after there as well. Um, so nobody else can do that in the back line than Karen. So for me, she she has to start, and we have to wrap those two up for in Cottonwell. The only other player I can see that can become a Karen is maybe somebody like Lori Norkit, but she's not quite there yet. Um, and I, I worry a bit about the centres, like that that impotence of power and strength just doesn't exist behind Karen. So. For me, she has to start. Mm. We're missing a player like, uh, you know, Rebecca De Filippo. Mm. Remember oh, when God. she used to play centre? Crikey. 
she would absolutely take it to the line wouldn't she and yeah yeah we, we're missing that sort of crash ball um yeah carry from our centers yeah yeah I was going to mention that because like you said Karen that's the biggest impact I've seen that she's had on a game and she came on as a sub we haven't really seen that from her starting opportunities I do think he'll go back with her starting I'd like though to see Robin at 10 Karen Hannah and then the same back line then from then on um just because if you can consistently break down the Italian defense in the first half come second half get those little cross field kicks that Robin has been trialing and finally get Jazz in space because we know Italy can be quite lazy in defence, especially in the latter stages. Give that opportunity because we haven't seen Jazz at all in the Six Nations so far, have we? No. So is this the one and only opportunity that we do? If so, we have to get um, the right team on the pitch at the right time. Good Would call. you like to see her at full back? Um, she doesn't have a strong boot. No, so I doesn't. Mm. Hey. Bri, I, I've loved this question and I've been asked it loads of times as well and I absolutely would. She's a sevens player in that space. Um, her counter-attack is obviously going to be and her exit is obviously going to be a carry. But from a defensive point of view, in that space, when she could do a side-on tackle or chase someone down tackle, she's solid in defence. So let's not try it. You know, I don't know about Italy's kicking game as much, but maybe against France was the opportunity. But yeah, I'm keen to see Jazz at fullback. I'd like to see um, Johan give her a shot there. Because she scored a hat-trick, didn't she, against the USA when she played for the Barbarians. Mm. She was lethal. And those collecting those high ball, fielding those high kicks, and just went for it. And mm. she's hard to get hold of, isn't she? She needs the slightest of spaces to just squirm her way through. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting one. And I, I'm loving Keely Powell at the moment, though. I think she's brilliant. She just needs yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I a kicking would... game now to back it. I would, I would keep Jazz as a winger just because, like you say she's always going to carry the ball back. She'll never kick it. So you're going to put your team under pressure if you can't run away from your defence. Because let's be honest, Jazz can be caught. Um, yeah. It's not as if she's invincible, but if you, Kaylee does have a boot on her. It's just, she's not using it as well as she could be at the moment. So I would give her the time she needs at full back because, you know, she needs more minutes. But it's all about competition. We've seen it in the men's game. It's the same situation in the women's game. You need to build that strength and depth. And at the moment, there are some positions that are um, not being... I, I, I don't know what the, what the right thing is to say because there's not enough competition there anyway. Even if you brought girls in, the level between your starting and your bench wouldn't be good enough. There's that massive gap. But this is when you you know contracts will help. Yeah, I need to be across the board. Right. Okay. So we did say this was going to be short and sharp. Um, <laughs> we're still waffling on about the Wales game. There were other games on the weekend. So let's uh, let's revisit England, Ireland. Carol, did you get a chance to see that? I don't think. No, I don't think I did. I'm trying to think about what rugby I've watched. <laughs> I know it was sixty nine nil. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, but it. it was only 10 in half time. Mm. Yeah, I know. 
And that's, you know, something that Ireland can really be proud of, that first half. Um, but gosh, you know, when when England click, they're unstoppable. Mm. I think so, it was helped that the fact that, um, how do you pronounce her name? Please help me out. Sionu Napu. How are we saying her name? Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's just, she had a red card. It's been announced today that it's it had no effect, so she'll be able to play from this week. So, you know, huge decisions like that will have an effect on how you play. The remainder, remind, my word, <laughs> can't get my word out, the remaining minutes. Um, so that would have been terribly frustrating, but the kickoff it's had over Twitter um, based on how Ireland played, at least now we're starting to see some movement from them. Yeah, full credit to Ireland. They were they were just like they were in a dogfight and they were ready to put their bodies on the line. That first half of rugby was just tenacious from them, and you could see England ten points. They thought they were going to go out and run this, didn't they? With a pretty much a new back line from Ireland, but um, you could see England were a little bit shaky, um, probably trying to overplay it. And, you know, try and force it out wide, forcing passes, things like that. So obviously they settled in the second half as England do, regrouped and then came out and, and scored that many points. Could have been higher, could have been a lot higher. Um, but, you know, I think everybody was fan favourite of Ireland on that game. Regardless of, you know, it was 100 caps for Emily Scarrett. It was a home crowd record, but it really felt like it was Ireland's day. Another shout out though, for just how how good England are. Look at Helen Rowland. She's played 10, 12, and then 15 on the weekend. And she's just quality in every position. I think we should probably try and sign her up as prop, see what she can do. She'll probably get <laughs> some of well. You know, I, I love to watch Helen Rowland, Sansus. Yeah. Yeah, she's just got it all, hasn't she? Brilliant. It's just beyond. But to take it back to... Wales, if we do manage to finish third and you're following the likes of England and France, the standout, fully contracted, on top of the games, both in the top three in the world, that's a hell of a result for Wales. Mm. And this is when you do engage. I know where I can be a Debbie Downer at times, but I am a proper fan. So I, I just want them to do well and get the results that they deserve as well. Absolutely. Like, it's it's so nice, isn't it? Like, watching these women play now. The past few years, it's been a hard watch and, you know, really struggle. And, um, you know, you don't want to see that because from no blame of the players at all, isn't it? But, you know, now they've got the unions back in and we can see what potential we've got. And, you know, last weekend, the under-18s were phenomenal. I can't wait to see those girls now come up through the pathway and, you know, reach that senior level stage. They're going to be so exciting to watch. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's credit to the union that they've actually invested, but it's time now for Ireland and Scotland to follow suit and show well, how competitive the Six Nations can be if we're all on a level playing field, isn't it? Yeah, so Ireland broke the news today in, I'm sure it was... Um, it's probably come in after the Six Nations, but they kind of rushed it through, given the massive response and the call for, I know, um, contracts now, IRFU or something like that was trending on Twitter for a while. Um, so they've released that they are going to contract the squad ready for the 2023 Six Nations, so next Six Nations. Bear in mind, Ireland are not going to the World Cup. 
it gives them a really long prolonged period to look at you know who's going to get the contracts and what that's going to look like um and they're having a new performance i don't think i'm saying the title right but it's along the lines of um like women's rugby performance director manager something like that will solely be responsible for the women's game and overseeing all of that happening. So that's good news coming out of Ireland. And then there was another match. Um, Italy beat Scotland 2013. Did anybody watch that one? I think oh, I just well, watched the highlight show. I watched the highlights too. Um, what I didn't want was Italy coming to us on the back of a win. <laughs> but that's exactly what we got. So what, what does that mean, Kat? Italy come in with news of their contracts and a win against Scotland, which was hard fought by the looks of the highlights and, you know, that play the conditions as well. What does that mean for Wales? What's come in? Yeah, we're going to have to be at the top of our game to get a, a win against Italy, for sure. You know, they, they will have confidence now, having beat um, Scotland convincingly compared to how, you know, we managed to just scrape that win against them. Um Things haven't been clicking for Italy so far, but when it does, they play really well, you know, and they've got some outstanding players. Um, you know, you've mentioned already Baratine, you know, so much experience there, and you've got Rigoni in the centre. She can make something out of nothing. Um, so she's going to have to be, um, you know, well-marked out the game because she's got such an influence as well. And, you know, they've got some big forwards that can carry well as well. And when they get that driving wall set up going forward inside the 22, they're really, really dangerous. What worries me is you say they haven't clicked yet and maybe they're just starting to. And unfortunately, it's as they come into us. And it's a massive, massive year for them. When was the last time they qualified for a World Cup? Oh, like... It is a massive year and a massive opportunity for them. So I, they're going to come and they're really going to target us because they, you know, they've just saved themselves from potentially, you know, a wooden spoon match by um, finish by beating Scotland. So it looks like Scotland could end up being the wooden spoon. Um, you know, pressure's off them a little bit now and they can just go out and play against Wales. Oh. The Welsh set piece has to be spot on on the weekend you know that has to be the scrums have to be dominant you know the line outs need to be working efficiently and yeah just the things that we saw that were just a bit little bit disappointing against France really you know the tackle the tackling that needs to be better mm. um you know we saw Tremulia didn't we soak in three tacklers still gets her hands free is offloads the ball that we can't let Rigoni she can do the same you know, with that, those tackles need to get those players onto the floor and, and finish that um, forward momentum, yeah, straight away. So you've already alluded to it, Carol, Saturday's game. It takes us into Super Saturday, the most wonderful time of the year. Um, and it starts with Wales, Italy, 12 o'clock at the CAF. I love Super Saturday. So, Lowe's, you're making your way to the CAF. I am. Um... I've started parking now. Carol, are you going to be working the game? Yeah, I'm um, pitch side with Lady Edwards. Oh, oh, how exciting. No way. That'd be nice. She's got a taste for it. She's finally uh, strapped up to the mic. <laughs> have we got to put this? I'll have to find thing. a camel coat to match the other two now. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to put this... Uh, 
Lady Edward's new career uh, change down to Lori trying to make this happen for a while now. And it's finally happened. You're taking full credit. Yeah. Yeah, I am actually. It's just like swimming in air. You just need to jump in the deep end and then it's either sink or swim. So she just had to get involved. And <laughs> she looked no, at you, wasn't it? Pitch side in the principality. Yeah, and I sunk. So it's nice to see Catherine now, you know, doing a good job because what she said was brilliant. I loved listening to her. She was she was great. <laughs> she was. Okay, right, so should we go with predictions? Absolutely, that's just what I was going to do. So 12 o'clock kickoff, match one, Super Saturday. I love that it's first, then everybody gets to enjoy the rest of the day. You've all finished working by then and you can all meet me in the bar. So 12 o'clock <laughs> kickoff, Wales, Italy. What are your predictions, uh, Laurie? Uh, Wales will win by 13 points. Ooh. And I, I think we will score all of them in the second half by a couple of penalties. There you go. This is the most detailed prediction we've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be um, a Welsh win um, by one or two tries. It's going to be a close one. I think we'll score first. I think we'll start well because that's, you know, the, the what we're working on, I think, the most this week is how we can start on the front foot. Um, score first, but then, you know, like Italy do, they'll grind it out. They will be um, in that match until the dying minute. But I think we will come out victorious by maybe a try or two. Yeah, I think we'll win by a try, round about that mark, converted or not. It could be squeaky bum time if it's just one score in it towards like 70 minute mark. If uh, I think if Sean had starts, we'll score early, very early. Um, other than that, it could be a potential dog fight in the middle, but I think we'll win by about one try. Yeah. Okay. What, and then... what Wales need to do, sorry, Jem, what Wales need to do is approach it with the same respect as they did with England and France, because Wales, Italy have always been a dog fight. So let's not think of them as a second tier game. Okay. Yeah, Opposite. absolutely. Oh. I don't know if there's many in this team that have beaten Italy. If you look at uh, the last couple of years, so I don't think there's going to be a sense of arrogance or you know, arrogance probably the wrong word, but complacency there. I think complacency, it's, yeah, yeah. I think they'd be gunning for it. Okay, quarter past two, the big one, la crunch. So all you guys would have finished pitch side and doing all you know your, your jobs, which is really exciting because so many women work in the match now. You'll all be able to come up and join us in, in the hospitality, in the box and, and have a drink with us. And we can all watch La Crunch together. So, Carol, what's your predictions? Um, England. England win. I think they've got too much. And they've got too much experience in there. They know how to close out, you know, tight games as well. And they know how to win. Um, they're very, um, you know, they're very smart rugby players, aren't they? They can adjust and adapt. If things are not going their well, they way, they will have an answer to it. Um, yeah, and I think they'll rattle France too much. And like we saw from France in our second half, you put pressure on them, you know, on their skill set, they make mistakes. And um, I think England's skill sets are a little bit better 
and yeah, they'll come away with the win. Do you want to guess how much they'll win? Yeah, um, let's go for something like um, 20 points to, and then England will score two or three more, maybe 40 points to 20, oh, around that. That's a big Grand Slam win, that. Yeah. Laurie. Yeah, big win. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think they'll beat them convincingly. Um, I think I'll put... 43-17. And as well, I think France have got to look at their... I've got, I think they've got to look at their half-time snacks. It just slows them down in the second half. It's beyond. The only, the only advantage they'll have is that it's um, it's in France, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. So, you know, they'll have that huge hype of a home crowd. But, uh, yeah, England can produce an 80-minute game. France are 60 to 65 tops. Okay, mm-hmm. there's. I've been mulling over this for like since the weekend. Since we watched, I watched France and I watched England. And I was like, oh my god, who's going to win the Grand Slam? And it came down to two things for me. And I think Harry already alluded to it. England's response to being under pressure, two twice in particular against Ireland, when they only went in ten nil up. The response to that was awesome. And then when Wales had them, Laurie alluded to it last week on the pod, when Wales had them under the cosh for the first few minutes until that injury happened, and then they adapted and came out and, and dealt with that. I don't think France have had to deal with anything like that yet, and they've had maybe an easier run. So I don't think they're as tested mentally as England are. But that said, France are bloody dangerous. So I'm going to go with a narrow England win. Narrow. And narrow for England could be like 14 points, couldn't it? But I don't think it'll be any more than 12, 14 points. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I think there'll be a few tries. There we go. All right. Yeah. And let's, uh, you know, we can't leave them out, even though it's a kind of nothing match. It's the, it'll probably be the bottom of the table. Decider is Ireland and Scotland at eight o'clock. So very quickly, because this was meant to be short and sharp. Carol, Ireland or Scotland feel? This is the hardest one to predict, I think. Um, but I'm going to go Scotland because it's their home game, isn't it? No, it's in Ireland. Oh, is it in Ireland? Yeah. Oh, ooh, well, that makes... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to go for an Irish win then. Okay, home advantage is the only, only yeah. difference there. Okay, Lowe's? Uh Yeah, I'm going to go Ireland as well because I've got it wrong every other time. So if I flip it on this occasion... You know, we'll see. I okay. think Ireland will. They've had All a right. few good news coming up, haven't they? Yeah, I'm going to go... Oh, and Ireland got all their backs back? Huh? Uh, no. 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 All right, in that case then, just because of the cohesion and the hammering they've just had and the emotional roller coaster of coming off a loss like that, I'm going to go for Scotland to win. But again, I think narrowly, it's not going to be a big win for Scotland. It's going to be potentially a three, four pointer. There we go. Carol James, thank you so much for eventually coming on the pod with us. Been lovely. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Yeah, definitely. It's like a little social for me. I don't get out the house to speak to many people anymore. Do you know what? I spoke to some people on the weekend down at the Pony Clean game and they said, you know, your pod is so different to all the others. It, it genuinely sounds like you're either just sat in the living room chatting or you're at the pub. 
And I think we should be at the pub. We should be at the pub. But that's exactly the vibe we want to go for. None of this fancy editing, you know, posh sponsorship business. It's keeping it real, chatting it through. Yeah. So, Carol, will you join us? Um, hopefully, we'll do some pods now around the summer tour. And yeah. we'd love you to come back with us then. And um, I know you'll probably be doing some work when it comes to World Cup. And we'd love your insight later on in the year as well. So you're not going anywhere. You're part of the team. You're one <laughs> of the pod girls. Ah, oh, lovely. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Jen. Thank you so much. Laurie, are you still awake? <laughs> I am. Just. But I only had one more question for Carol before she disappears. Go on then. Where's Newcastle Emlyn? Keradigion. <laughs> so it's west to come out then? Oh, yeah. And and a bit up. And a bit north, yeah. Bit north, yeah. Why? Why do you want to know that, Lose? I thought you were going to ask me about nappies or something. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I've got that sorted. Um, <laughs> Newcastle Emlyn are looking for a coach, so we put the plug in. Jem came out with some geographical questions, and I was like, "Yeah, it's west." Twenty minute drive from Carmarthen. There you go. There's your answer. I'm with that bombshell. Thank you very much, girls. I'll see you all on Super Saturday. Yes, everybody else, you know what to do. Get your butt to the cap. Let's pack it out. 12 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be a great day. And Wales are going to beat Italy narrowly. So that's it. We'll see you at the cap on Saturday. Let's fill it out. Full voice. Get right behind the girls for their last match of the Six Nations. Before we go... Let me hand it over to Rachel Taylor. It is your last chance to enter the Rugby 7-Eleven competition. Get Rachel Taylor, Jess Kavanagh down to your club or hub for free with this competition. Yeah, so while we're out in Dublin, um, Hallett and myself had a great conversation around how hashtag back the girls pod could get on board with supporting a rugby 7-11 competition throughout this Women's Six Nations. So inspired by the women's TikTok Six Nations and especially after Wales's epic win over Ireland, we got to see Alicia Butchers have a little jig, a little, a little celebration post-match, but also because she won player of the match during that game and it got our brains ticking over and thought what a great idea so we thought if you send in to to rugby 7-eleven your try scoring celebration so think out of the box be as creative as you like and you get the famous words in we want rugby 7-eleven at our club get that somewhere in your video so we want rugby 7-eleven at our club in that video and get us tagged in so get uh, hashtag back the girls in there Get at Rugby 7-Eleven in there and you could have the opportunity to win this summer a chance for Rugby 7-Eleven to host a camp for your club or your team totally free of charge. So myself, Rachel Taylor and Jess Kavanagh will come down to your club wherever you are in Wales. We will get at Rugby 7-Eleven out on tour and you have a chance to win a free camp for your team or your club. So like I said... Get your try scoring celebrations in, inspired by Alicia Butchers off uh, the back of a Wales win versus Ireland. Get the famous words in. We won Rugby 7-Eleven at our club. Get tagging, get that video sent in to at Rugby 7-Eleven, spelt the Welsh way, and enter this opportunity for a competition. What a great prize this summer. And we'll announce the winner at the end of this Six Nations. (laughs) 